I like spinach, I like kale, I like turnip greens too. I like string beans and collard greens and、uh, Brussels sprouts will do. Today we are pleased to welcome a very special guest, Chef Joy Crump, who has become the pride of our community in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and is known for her masterful yet down-to-earth use of locally sourced ingredients. Joy, a Pennsylvania native, is known for crafting the season's best locally sourced ingredients into comfortably refined dishes. A culinary graduate of the Art Institute of Atlanta, she honed her skills alongside Atlanta farm-to-table pioneers, Chef Michael Tuey and Chef Kevin Gillespie. In 2011, Joy opened her first restaurant, Foodie, in historic downtown Fredericksburg, Virginia, with business partner Beth Black. In 2014, the duo opened their second restaurant, the breakfast-centric Mercantile, also in Fredericksburg. She appeared on season 12 of the Emmy Award-winning competition series Top Chef. Chef Crump has had the honor of cooking as a featured chef at the James Beard House in both 2016 and 2017, and is actively involved in the James Beard Foundation's impact programs for food policy, chef advocacy, and change. Joy appears in the new James Beard Foundation cookbook Waste Not. How to get the most from your food. The goal of the cookbook is to shine a light on the collective efforts of the food community to tackle the food waste epidemic. Joy has been a supporter of the mission of the Dr. Yum Project since 2013, as an advisor and guest chef in the kitchen and on our recipe website. Chef Crump's Dr. Yum approved kids menu was just recognized as one of the United States' best kids menus by Food TV. It is so great to have you here, Joy. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. So、um, I think everyone would be really interested to know about your upbringing.、Um, you shared that with me here in the kitchen, but I think it's really interesting for people to hear your background and your upbringing and how that shaped the way you think about food. Sure, I think that the connection between、um, family and and food for chefs is is sort of a common through through line. Most of us are.、Um, Most of us have memories that that go back to our our family and our roots, and and those things are really what connect us to food, and they bring a sense of love and togetherness and celebration, and so it, it's pretty much the same for me. My family, I have a, a large family. I have three brothers and two sisters.、So、there's six of us. My parents were divorced when I was really young, and when we um. When we were able to,、uh, my brothers were with my dad, and my sisters and I were with, with my my mom, so we were separate. When we were able to get together as a family,、um, cooking is what we did, and so it quickly became symbolic of、uh, special times,、um, memories. Um, treasures, you know, that that weren't gonna last every day, or that you couldn't take、uh, for granted, and so we try and sort of recreate those feelings of、uh, feeling comfortable and loved in the places that we have. That's that's how it. That's for me how it connects back to family. And you had a garden growing up. Tell us about that.、Uh, yeah, the garden was a little bit of the bane of my existence. So, the way that my、um, our land was was my my mother and my sisters and I had a little plot of land.、Um, my grandmother lived right next door to us, and then my my aunt, my mom's sister, and her family lived there. So we shared 
sort of a common area of a couple of acres, you know, behind us. And so my family had a huge, huge garden. And as kids, like that's, that's your labor. So <laughs> we had to, you know, tend to the garden and I absolutely I hated it. It was just, it took me away from, you know, my free time and my fun and all the things that I thought were so wildly important. Um, but you know, now that I look back on it, obviously it's just another thread that connected us, um, not only to each other, but to our food. And you know, the, the rules were simple. It was like, if you're going to eat it in the winter, you're going to grow it in the summer. Like, so you're going to be the one who, um, pulls the weeds and who, you know, pits the cherries and, um, and cuts all the bruises off the apples so that we can freeze them and make pies. I mean, cause you sit down for dinner every weekend and enjoy it. So you have to work for it. And now I understand the value and the connectivity. Then it was just a, you know, a thing I had to do, but now I, I get it. And, um, and it's very, uh, it's very tactile, you know. Was a, a large portion of what you ate at home, what you grew in the garden, would you say? Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, the finances were a huge part of not just my upbringing, but everybody's. And so, um, you know, it made good financial sense. Again, these are realizations that I have now and as an adult and as a, as a cook that I get. But then it was like, okay, we're going to buy um, – 10 bushels of corn because it's cheaper and that means that we all have to sit down and we all have to husk the corn and then we have to get it all off the cob and then we take the cobs and we freeze them we'll use them for stock later and we take the kernels and we freeze those and we use them for you know corn and during the meal so it made good financial sense for us as three individual families to buy these big lots of product um, or grow these big lots of product and and share them um, sharing the expense and sharing the work of them that that made good financial sense um, we did it with meat we did it with vegetables uh, and so it's it's kind of like that is our farm to table cooking yeah you know that that is the seasonal um, sort of catchphrase that that is runs rampant now in the culinary industry and restaurants um, but that for us was just a way of life you you get what's plentiful what's in bounty what's in season because it's cheap right and you store it uh, and then you use it for the times that you don't have those products. So it's uh, it's called farm to table now, but you know then that was, it was life. Just, then. just the way we cooked, right. yeah, just the way we right. ate. Yeah, before it became chic. Exactly. Yeah. So um, you have been involved. First of all, tell us about the James Beard Foundation and how you have been recently invited there, and some of the work that you do with their policies. Right. So James Beard is um, was a, a food pioneer, and in so many ways, um, he he was a, a food critic. He was a cookbook author. Um, he was a chef, uh, but he he really brought people together. And, um, I think one of the things that, that the foundation does, um, after his passing was, is to harness the, um, youth, like harness the young culinary talent and try and get them on the right path of understanding food and quality in, um, in the culinary arts, kind of keeping that quality there as everything around us changes. So, um, they, the James Beard foundation, in my opinion, is is and continues to be sort of at the forefront of what is next for the culinary arts. Um, and one of the things that they believe very strongly is that chefs have a voice. For whatever reason, uh, people are listening to what chefs have to say. And when people are, are willing to listen to what you have to say, you... you um, 
you have a responsibility to understand how to use your voice. So they have these um, series of programs called impact programs. Okay. And the sole purpose of which is to teach chefs how to use their voice and use their standing in their own communities to make a difference for advocacy for change. So uh, I was invited to join a, a program called the Chef's Boot Camp, And that's exactly what it was. It was like a, a five day, like um, really intensive um, experience that was actually very um, moving to be in the same room with uh, people from all over the country. There's only uh, 12 of us or 16 of us, I think, um, in the same room at the same time um, to stop all the melee in your restaurants and to leave all the noise behind, to go in a retreat at a farm and uh, just talk and listen and learn from the people in the foundation, from each other, uh, from the people at the farm that was hosting us about how to use our voices as, as chefs. So that's how I became involved in the program in the beginning was being accepted into that chef's boot camp. And since then, um, I have been trying to hone that skill, um, trying to understand the things that I would like to change about the way that people think about food or the way that people eat or the way people don't eat. I'm trying to think of, of those, the things that I connect with personally and how w we can use our, our voices in our restaurants um, and beyond to, to, you know, kind of shift the tide in certain areas. Um, what are some of those things that you're really interested in changing? Um, food waste which is massive, um, and we all know the figures. You know, forty percent of food that's produced in the United States is wasted before it ever even hits um, the grocery stores or hits your plates or 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 reaches your refrigerators. It's just it's gone. It's it's garbage. Wow. That's colossal. Wow. Um, that's one of the things that's really um, that really strikes a chord with me, and also. Uh, it's it's a it's a little bit difficult to articulate without sounding cheesy, but really just the um, the respect for what food is and the path that it must travel to get to your plate. It's it's long and it's bumpy and it's expensive and it comes from such humble beginnings, working in in the field or with the animals or with you know whatever your product happens to be, whatever has to happen for it to get from there to your plate is such an incredible journey. So we as chefs have this, I think, massive responsibility to honor it mm -hmm. uh, at, at as many points as we can along the way. So we need a cartoon like I'm a bill on Capitol Hill. Sort of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, actually, so, so when Joy came in to teach in the Dr. Young Project Kitchen, I think it was last summer, yeah. you introduced us to this, that strawberry video. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. So right. there's a video. Um, you can probably find it on YouTube if we you're can listening. Link it yeah, we this. can we can put a link um, on our website to it. But it's this journey of a strawberry yeah. from you know seed to a plant to a strawberry to you know how it's being picked, how it goes to the grocery store, and then you know the sad journey of how it might get wasted. Right. Yeah. It is. It's heartbreaking, and then you can just multiply that out, and it can, uh, you know, we always say in our kitchen um oopsie like when a chef will burn a tray of bacon but because they didn't set a timer or they'll drop something on the floor that we then have to put in the garbage oops and it's like there is no oops there is no oops this is a very um, precious thing and you know meat doesn't come to us cold from the supermarket it's warm yeah. it's alive it was 
used to bring you sustenance and joy. So you can't just accidentally drop it on the floor and think nothing of it. You have to think like that is, um, there's a cost to that. That's not dollars and cents, but it's, it's, um, something bigger. Yeah. Someone's work, someone's life. It's work. It's so much work. What are some ways that families can kind of help either be more conscientious of that or try to prevent food waste in their daily lives? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that um, we think is a really um, an achievable goal is whole whole food utilization. So instead of just having, you know, boneless, skinless chicken breasts, why don't you just buy the whole chicken? Because there are so many ways that you can use all the pieces and parts. And there's your chicken stock that you also bought, you know, as a separate right. item on yeah, the, on right. the shelves. Um, and I mean, right now I'm taking the pieces that we don't, I don't myself eat from the chickens and I'm boiling them. And I pull that and that becomes my dog food. So like, hmm. I, and it, it, it's literally like I put it in the crock pot before I leave for work. I come home eight hours later and I pull all the meat off the bone. And so I've stopped buying dog food because wow. that's what our dog eats now. Um, it's, it's, you know, taking a carrot and instead of shaving the skin off, which is delicious um just cooking it like that and then taking the the beautiful you know green fronds on the top and making pesto from it It, it's it's Mm. all these ways to look at this thing not as this um kind of like food porn thing that's so beautiful that you have to instagram it and and take a picture of it but actually like letting it be beautiful in this the way that it came to us you know um so whole food utilization is one of the ways that i think that people um can can combat waste um another is buying ingredients more um fresher ingredients more frequently instead Mm -hmm. of like one giant you know big box costco trip every week it's like two or three trips to the Mm -hmm. grocery store to get smaller items that you know that you're going to utilize that day and all those things present their own challenges um i have just as little free time as everybody else does but there are little ways that you can um make changes that then reverb out to be big big differences that's great definitely definitely and you've seen our meal maker machine it's fantastic we um we've seen that being used in households and you know i think people don't grow up with a background like you where they've cooked and so cooking can feel unfamiliar and without a recipe people feel um like they don't have a path right and so we've loved seeing how people can use our meal maker machine for those of you who've not used it it's on dryam.org but it's a tool where you can plug in ingredients and not have to waste them I love that. Um, and, I love that. and that way they don't get, go bad. You can take that half a pepper or half an onion um, or the half a box of spinach that you got from Costco and, and make a curry or make a soup out of it. Um, and I think, you know, it's it's a good way to get familiar with cooking as well. Absolutely. And realize that you can improvise. Yeah. You, know, you yeah. don't have to have a step-by-step recipe with every ingredient in place. You can make things up and make thing, make it your own, really. Yeah. You know. Um, when, I, when I graduated from college and I was getting my first job, you know, and I, you have no money and you have to go on interviews, you know, my mom said what I'm sure everybody says. It's like, okay, you need one good pair of black, you know, pants. You need, like, a cute blazer. And you need, like... Like three shirts and then you mix that up <laughs> right. and all of a sudden you've got six outfits right? <laughs> right it's the same thing when you buy like a pepper you can use it for this and then you fi- figure out a way to use it for that and then you can use it for a third thing and all of a sudden you've got two ingredients or three ingredients and if you understand how to use them you can stretch them out and make five or six meals instead of going like oh i'm finished with my 
half a pepper that's all i needed for my you know uh chili recipe and off it goes to the trash yeah. no right it's like what else can i do with yeah. it and yeah. we like this too because we find there are a lot of folks that are hesitant to use new ingredients you know like a like bok choy or brussels sprouts or things that they may not be familiar with and if you have to buy a, a like a bunch of leeks or something you know if it's only one leak then the meal maker machine allows you to use the rest yes, of that and it yeah. and it and it helps overcome that barrier to thinking that it's, it's too expensive mm-hmm. to buy fresh foods because they're cut down on the waste. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Speaking of peppers. So I have to tell the listeners about a moment that I had with joy in our kitchen. Um, it was a summer or two ago where you helped us with making some instructional videos. Okay. And, um, we invited a few kids from a few different ages. My son Zane was one of them and we made these videos Right. and joy showed, um, you know, the users of our website, how to prep ingredients. And one of the ingredients that you prepped was a pepper. Mm-hmm. Now, it's I've been cutting my peppers life. my whole life. And when I saw you cut a pepper the way that you did, I was like, where in the world have I been? <laughs> I've been cutting <laughs> peppers wrong my whole life. <laughs> and I think of you every time I cut in your technique. That's funny. I That's mean, it's, funny. so you, if, you, if you really don't know how to cut a pepper, you think you know how to cut a pepper, you may not. You, you need to see Joy and how she cuts this pepper. Because it's it's a bit of magic. She uses every bit to every and, bit and at the it. end, yeah. you know, you said this little top and all the little seeds, like we can use this later we for stock. For stock, yeah. Um but I've been struggling with seeds all my life and now I don't. Because there you of go. You. <laughs> yeah. It's, in culinary school they would uh, you get finished with your cooking for, you know, a two hour class or whatever and you had to weigh your waste. And mm. whoever had the least amount of waste got well basically we didn't have to wash dishes that day that was your that was your reward but like that from that point you we were rewarded for utilizing as much of the product as we could that's fantastic Um, i love that yeah so yeah one of those lessons what was cool about that series of videos too is we showed you cooking as a chef um but also including kids and not just bigger kids, high school kids, but we had a middle schooler and I think we had a preschooler and we showed how different ages can participate in prepping a meal. And we always say the meal starts when you start cooking, right? right? So um, that was really fun. So if you're on the website, please watch those videos because you can learn some really cool techniques. And also if you've got littles in your house, you can see how to incorporate even an onion, something as tricky as an onion. I think you kind of unpeeled it for Zane. And then we had the preschooler doing a little dice on it. It was very sweet. Kids are um, doers. And so it's nice to get them involved because then all of a sudden they're so connected to the finished product, you know, because they cut the onions. Um, it's it, it. I mean, the rewards are instantaneous. It's really neat to think about with the kids getting the the connection to that whole process that you're talking about. It's not necessarily they'll become the next Joy Crump, but they'll you know, but they they can understand what's happening. And you know, we find that all the time that when kids are in the kitchen and making things, they're much more likely to eat them oh, and they try take them. Take pride in it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I um, when you came for those couple of weeks over the summer, the kids were just like enamored, weren't they? I mean, they were just like this. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you are a celebrity, and Please, in yeah. Fredericksburg, we um, we all look up to you for all the great work that you do. But it was really cool to Thank see you. the kids it again, was, yeah, so inspired dolls. by you. And uh, and yeah, and some of those kids they come back over and over, and they you really see how they've learned. You know, yeah. it's it's really cool. I was looking at the list of kids coming in, and I'm seeing familiar faces, and I feel like they come in with a little bit more knowledge and their palate's expanding and it's, it's a lot more really comfort. exciting. Yes. Yeah. 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 
Um, and I hear that you're involved in a new project, too, in our downtown area. Mm-hmm. So that was big news over last week. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, with the new, is it Dominion Market? Dominion Public Market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like there's going to be some culinary activities with with students as well, perhaps, in that space, which will be really exciting. We hope so. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that there is... Um, I can attribute this to to Beth and to the partners in Dominion Public uh, Market. I think there's an ecosystem that feels really natural where you have um, restaurants that are doing or food purveyors, let's say, that are doing different things, but the connectivity is is there because they all share the same space. And then maybe you have um, an educational component there that um, is a teaching facility where the people who are learning there might also be employed at some of the food vendors. And then you have, um, you know, an event facility at the top that may be an outlet for some of the products that are produced. And so as the place grows, it continues to um, feed itself. And if the educational component takes off the way that we hope it will it also feeds downtown and so it's not um it's not it it should feel like competition exists everywhere and that's that's like a reality in business that we understand but it should also feel like it's um, a piece of the fredericksburg pie that helps to like feed the rest of it and so on and so forth and so that's what we're hoping for is this sort of figure eight where we can really um, (laughs) reap what we're putting out and share what is being produced and reap what we're putting out and share what's being produced etc etc right and for those of you listening um joy mentioned beth beth black is your business partner she is and um and is behind all of the great restaurants that you have started together and the two of them will be involved in this new business venture called Dominion Dominion Mar- Public Market, Public Market mm-hmm. in downtown Fredericksburg, which just sounds like it's such an exciting community space, and I love that at the center of it is food and connection. Yes. yes. Um, and you know, you're a big kind of um, cheerleader for Fredericksburg. Tell us what makes our community in Fredericksburg um, so special, and why you think that um, it, your restaurants have been so successful here. Thank you. Uh, I think that. Uh, I have a lot of big city background. I spent a lot of time in Los Angeles. I spent a lot of time in Atlanta. Um, My dad lived in Chicago for a big chunk of time, and so I spent a lot of time there. And I understand the energy that exists in those big cities. I understand it. I love it. I always have fun when I'm in these huge cities. Uh, And then there's Fredericksburg, which is completely different and it but it makes sense for so many reasons so like the the fact that it's um nestled halfway between richmond and dc i think makes it um uh, the, the the people here understand that we can almost like cherry pick what we want from these bigger metropolitan spaces um without bringing the things that we don't want right so we we can still park and there's not <laughs> as much crime but we have we can have really viable like art and and a culinary scene and um you know and music and architecture and so i i love that about fredericksburg i also love the fact that community wise um once you are in the fredericksburg community you're in man Mm -hmm. and they're going to stop everything to support 
whatever venture you're undertaking. So I love the fact that like ribbon cuttings, you know, where the mayor comes out and they cut and people are there. <laughs> and, you know, trust me, we've had a restaurant for eight years now and we've seen many, many restaurants open around us and we're dead on the days when new restaurants open. But it's cool because right. because that's their time and that's the time for everybody to go in and give it a try and then the next week they're going to give it another try and they're going to hope that you get your ground under you. The sense of community in Fredericksburg, I think, is what makes it so special. The fact that... Um, you know, when it's raining, people will come out and support you. When it's freezing cold, people will come out and support you. Um, we love the we love the faces that pass through town for the first time, and that are um, on their way to exploring and understanding what Fredericksburg is. But most of all, we love the faces that we see in our in our restaurant every single day, day in and day out, because that's like the spine of who who we are. And I think that we can say that. And then there's also many other restaurants and, and other businesses in downtown Fredericksburg that can say that too. They're, they're so supported by the, the residents here. It's so. uh, for those of you who don't live in Fredericksburg, this is a very historic community mm-hmm. and, um, and Joy and Beth's original restaurant foodie had a bit of a rebirth in a very historic property. Tell yes. us a little bit about that for those of, uh, the listeners who haven't been to Foodie, yeah. it's a really special place. Th- thank you very much. Yeah, we we um we started off in a in a small location on Caroline Street, 30 seats, and that is that was fantastic. Um, and I always Beth and I say it's like your first apartment. You know, you're just like <laughs> cool, but when you're ready to leave, you're like peace out, um, and you move into your you know into your new house that really feels like it fits who you are now. And that's what the new location is. Um, it's we feel like it's part of the the center. Of, of downtown, that intersection of George and Princess Anne. The building has been standing there for over 200 years. Um, and we joined with Mike Adams of John Properties to buy the to buy the project. And thank God, because he's a general contractor and he saw um, not only the importance of it the, and the potential, um, but also like he could see through to see what, what it was going to mean to the people of Fredericksburg to have this building alive again. And it was like walking through it for the first time with him. He it was like a little boy. Um, he could, you know, he's like, Hey, we could have put seats in the vault and yeah, you know, we have the bank tellers here and, and you know, this could be your bar area. It was just, and all that stuff then came to pass. Um, and so we're very proud of that space. We're proud of the, the fact that we let the history breathe through it. We're proud of the fact that um, it's in use and we have more people passing through it now than has passed through it in, in decades. I mean, just hundreds and hundreds of people every week. Um, we're, we're thrilled about it. Um, Jackie Payne did the, the restoration and um, I thought really did a nice balance between something that felt contemporary and, and current and um, celebrating all the history that, that's in those walls. So It was so exciting. when it, Heidi and I were so oh. excited when you reopened. And just for those of you listening, it is in a historic bank, one of the most historic banks in our area. And you can literally sit in the bank vault and have, yeah. you know, one of Joy's spectacular home-cooked uh, farm-to-table it's meals. A great, it's a but great I also, my One of my favorite tips, or not tips, but uh, points about that place is the uh, Abraham Lincoln connection. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Abraham Lincoln stood on, on the steps there and a little controversy there, but we think that we think Lincoln's a baller. So we put, um, you know, we, we put his picture over the mantle because like how many places can say that they had a U.S. president standing on the steps? I mean, that's amazing. Right. So yeah, we're really, really proud of that. And, um, 
Yeah, we put his picture up there, and then we also learned that um, there was a, a slave by the name of um, John Washington who uh, lived in in the upstairs space. He and his family lived upstairs, and um, and when in his memoir was found in the 90s and it was published. Um, we took an excerpt from that, and um, Gabe Pons, who's a wonderful downtown artist, mm-hmm. uh, did a rendition of a, of of his, uh, basically like a, you know, bust of him, and um, out of some of the words from his memoirs, and we have that hanging over the mantle in the other room. So it's like, you know, we feel like there's just a lot of prominence that that took place, and a lot of things to remember and celebrate in there. Yeah, if you're listening from outside of Fredericksburg, please do visit and make sure you. you stop at Foodie because it's become the <laughs> iconic restaurant in downtown Fredericksburg. And um, and the eats are delicious. <laughs> well, in fact, it was named, uh, was it Food Networks? What's that? The uh, top place for kids meals in yes. the state uh-huh. of Virginia. Yep. Yeah, yep. we need to talk about that. So that was really exciting. You it guys exciting. posted that recently. So. Years ago. Well, do you remember? How did all this start? I mean, it was really, it was, it was like people eight, in this room, right? Seven, eight years ago. Yeah, it was yeah. the three of us and Beth as well. And Beth, yeah. We started this. Uh, I was working for a, a parenting, a local parenting publication and met Namali, who was just starting the blog for Dr. Yum. And we actually had lunch at Foodie. It was our first kind of yeah, connection. Yeah, the first time we met it was, was at Foodie. Oh that's my gosh, funny. crazy. Yeah. That's funny. And the old uh, got talking first about, apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got talking about um, kids meals and just kind of how we could help you know what could we what could we do to help folks eat more healthily mm-hmm. and just you know kind of lamenting about the fact that kids it's kids food and people think that kids only eat hot dogs and hamburgers and just the junk and um, we got thinking that we could perhaps do this program where we would talk to different restaurateurs in town and renovate and kind of help Enhance revive their kids yeah their kids yeah. menus and Beth and Joy were the first uh, yeah. participants in that yeah yeah and that's that's um it's fun because when I was growing up we didn't my parents didn't order for us off the kids menu they they just ordered like it's food regular food you know and we felt very grown up going to a restaurant and we're like oh <laughs> i'll have the pork chop thank you um and so that whole sensation um we love that where the the things that are on the kids menu if there's a kids menu reflect the you know the things that are on the grown-up menu if you will but that and also that but that they can do things with it you know that there's there's hummus and it's got a little pita and you could spread it and put a chunk of chicken on it it's like they like you know again kids are doing arts and crafts yeah yeah Yeah. it makes them want to it makes them want to taste it it makes them want to try it in pretty colors and different textures so um yeah we have we have chicken chicken fingers on our on our kids menu but we um you know it's the chicken that we cut ourselves Mm -hmm. and we soak it in buttermilk and we dredge Mm -hmm. it and we fry it and fried chicken's delicious it's one of our best sellers so the kids get it too but we we're proud of the way that it comes to be you know yeah yeah it was it was really exciting so food uh network named the 50 top best kids menus for each state one for each one state. state yeah so foodies kids kids menu was named virginia's best kids menu yeah which was so exciting um and you still have the little dr yum approved, we do and people um, appreciate CL. that and that's a it's a great shortcut it's like a it's like the better business bureau stand you know they do they come in and they see it and they're like okay i got it yeah that's awesome. so we're very proud of the, of the association that we have with you guys and um what your name has grown to mean it makes uh it makes makes us very proud to be on that journey with you at the same time. You guys have been great. We recently, Beth and Joy, um, for the listeners, we've 
recently had a, a fundraiser mm-hmm. um, in February, which was really successful. So they donated a portion of proceeds of the meals right. um, back to the Dr. Yum Project, which was huge for us. It, you know, your name is so important in this area too. So to have your Thank stamp you. of approval on our work means the world to us. But um, it's it's just it's wonderful to join forces with people who love the community and want better for it. Right. Exactly. Um, and so we're so grateful and, um, it's been a long road. I mean, you were a, a very early advisor to the Dr. Yum project. Mm-hmm. And yes. well, I'm curious what, when we asked you, like what's, what's kept you coming back and helping us? I mean, it's, um, we're so honored. Kids. Kids, I mean, it's, yeah. it's kids because, so we work with a lot of, um, 20 year olds, a lot of, a lot of millennials and they're, 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 they're clueless. I mean, they're just, they, a lot of them just don't know what, um, it takes. And so if you can just back up and catch them earlier and make them understand like the broad strokes of things, like the connection between food and health, like, um, the satisfaction that you can get from working hard, um, like the, the, respect that we have to have for the people that um, grow our food or raise our food or farm our food. Um, If you can reach back earlier and get those notes in their head, then they become selfishly, they become better, um, better employees that we can hire because they drink your Kool-Aid, right? They get on your team and they understand what we're trying to do. The big, the broad strokes of the goal. Um, It's not just about doing things fastest or doing things the cheapest um, or doing what everybody else is doing. It's about really believing in um, that connectivity between what you put in your mouth and how you feel. It's so, mm. it's the, I mean, the connection is right there. Um, when you eat like garbage, you feel like garbage. And when you eat cleaner, you want more clean food. It's like you crave it. Right. Uh, so we just, it, it, it's self-serving in a way to be involved with the Dr. Yum project, because I want to go back as, as early as we can. I was just telling Heidi before we got started that, um, that I have a pen pal. I always have a pen pal every year at Rocky Run Elementary School. And it's like, you know, you go visit them and you bring them a little apron and they're like a little chef for the day. And, but you know, communicate with them throughout the school year. And it's, it's awesome because then hopefully then they'll start with the vocation when they're in junior high school or high school, then they'll start with the vocational culinary program. And then that'll deepen their understanding even more. And then we grab interns from there and we put them to work over the summer. And, and I start to see, I start to see better chefs. Like I, we've been in business long enough that I've seen a lot of them um, come through. They started off as, you know, high schoolers that didn't know anything. And one of them is, is um, at CIA right now in Hyde Park in New York. He's coming back. He's working with us this summer. I mean, you can see, and he's so mindful and careful. Um, It's just really, it's really satisfying. So we're just going to keep um, training your future employees. That's what it's the about, right? Project. I know. I'm hoping you stay around long Healthy, enough. happy, mindful chefs. Yes. For Joy and Beth. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So I like to end the show by asking a couple of questions. So I'm going to ask all three and then we'll go through them one by one. So okay. the questions are, um, what is a health habit that you feel you've conquered? Mm-hmm. What is a health habit you're still learning to conquer? And then what is your favorite vegetable? So first one, what is a health habit you've conquered? I know you and I have talked about how you've gotten healthy over the years and tell us like what's worked for you. 
Um, I think uh, I have increased my water intake and mm. decreased every other beverage intake. Mm. And I'm talking about coffee and wine mm -hmm. and soda is non-existent for me, but even like sweet juices yeah. gone. And it's really just about water um, for me. Got to have my coffee, but it's mm. about, it's about water. So <laughs> yeah. that's my, that's the biggest thing because once that's right, everything else sort of, I mean, you can't have everything like perfect until that's, that's solid. So yeah. my water intake is my biggest healthy I love that. Yeah. 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 And you know, you don't miss that other stuff no. once you just get onto water. I right. found too. Yep. Um, okay. So what about a health habit you're still learning to conquer? Um, so my, the gentleman that I work out with Chris at Jungle Boys, he tells me that your body is like um, a campfire and you can either let it go out every day and then restart it by throwing a lot of stuff on it or you can just constantly feed it to keep mm -hmm. it going. And um, for me, as I get older, I struggle with my metabolism slowing down. So the, the uh, because I'm a, I'm a very busy woman. So the, the one I'm still working on is feeding my body nutritionally um, in, in respectful intervals, instead of like waiting for six hours and then eating something really fast and then, you know, <laughs> and then, and then being starving at night, eight o'clock at night, cause I haven't eaten all day and, cr you know, crushing food. So it's about, you know, just like, um, just feeding my body steadily uh, to keep it moving and to keep the machine going. Love it. Love it. Working and, on it. Um, I like respectful intervals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's great. I'm going to use that. Um, and then what's your favorite vegetable? And I'm going to want to know how you prepare it too, since yeah. you're a chef and we've got to <laughs> learn that. Yeah. Juicy so bits. it's argued whether a tomato is a fruit or a vegetable. Mm. Um, but if, if you believe that tomatoes are a vegetable, that is my absolute favorite. Uh. Uh, it can take on every form, right? Salsa, yeah. spaghetti mm. sauce, ketchup, um, I, you know, sun-dried tomatoes, uh, stewed tomatoes. Mm. I, I sound like Bubba Gump. But, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I just love I love tomatoes in every form. You're able to see the dreamy quality that's yeah. come across her face. I just lo I love it. And, and this is my favorite time of year. We take every tomato. Don't ever throw any tomato away. We take every single one. We will use it, and we, we you know, we have those big like Home Depot five-gallon buckets, and we'll put them in the freezer, and just like every scrap that we have, every tomato that looks like it's not pretty enough to use, we just throw it in there, and we're like, we'll deal with it later. And yeah. then in September, we pull it all out, and we work it, and we make sauce and salsas, and so it, tomatoes, I think they're precious. I got really into um, roasting them because I yes. had these like crazy rogue cherry tomato yes. vines a couple of summers and they just be falling off. I'm like, what in the world? And so I just roast them and uh -huh. they're like candy and you can just, just like candy. you know, Pop smash them mouth. up and uh -huh. make a sauce. Throw them on your salads. Yeah. I mean, just so, so good. good. Yes. One of the things here at, um, at Young Pediatrics at, at Namali's Pediatric practice around the edge we've got a teaching garden and one of the things that we do is put a ton of cherry tomato plants around the edges it is so much fun to see those kids they you know they just stand there yeah they do yeah. they do yeah. and you know kids that come to the teaching kitchen and also patients that come in they just you know pop pop up and then at the end of summer i go out there yeah and i have that for lunch i yeah. just get a bowl of them and just you know they're throw a little salt so on good. them they're so yeah. Good. yeah i love them we um we actually fill their goodie bags when they get shots with cherry tomatoes and they think they've gotten like the oh, best prize that's ever that's <laughs> That's so cute. That's or wonderful. we'll just give them the goodie bag and go, go fill it up. Yeah. And they're like, what? 
We're so excited. Well, this has been a ton of fun. Thank you so much for spending the time. We could talk forever. I mean, I could talk forever about food, and I know you probably could too. But um, we'll have to maybe have you on again and talk about more good stuff. This has been a wonderful half an hour with Joy Crump, Chef Joy Crump um, from Foodie, and we will have you back soon. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joy. Thank you. Thanks to Mary Washington Healthcare for their generous financial support of this podcast. Thanks also to Gay Adegbalola for her musical contributions. This has been Dr. Yum's Dish. Check out our website at dryum.org and search Dr. Yum to find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. That cabbage, oh, she's a cutie. Peas roll around and have such fun. Lettuce has pretty ruffles. But they're not number one Give me some broccoli Give it to me please Give me some broccoli That's what I need It tastes so good I can't go wrong Vitamins and minerals Keep me strong That's broccoli, broccoli, broccoli Oh, with the cute little bushy head That's what I said